Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Why don't we begin this this afternoon's session then with um, Kyra. And Kyra, I'm going to let you uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, and uh, all about why you're here. So go ahead. Wonderful. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for taking some time out of your life to share it with me and the other panelists that we have here. Um, Again, my name is Kyra Childs. I am the Visual Impairment Service Team Coordinator for the Eastern Oklahoma VA Healthcare Center. It's a long title to say I help the vets who don't see well. That's uh, what I do. Um, I am currently stationed in Tulsa and Muskogee, so I cover the eastern side of Oklahoma. My job uh, responsibilities, if you would, one of the many hats that I wear is to assist our veterans with visual impairment in obtaining some assessments, training, and devices if necessary to help them achieve um, a level of independence that is desired and attainable. Um, In addition to to that role, I also serve as a liaison, if you would, for all things VA. So if a veteran is on my caseload and has an issue with audiology or needing to get a referral for some other medical service or just don't know who to call because the VA is the VA, um, they can contact me. I may not know the answer, but, you know, I'm pretty good with a Googler, so I can try to help them as best that I can. So that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. Um, From my program, we also have direct ties to communications and relationships with um, our community vendors, which include Newview, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Department of Rehab Services, Visual Services, and um, other organizations out there like the BBA. And you guys. So thanks. I'll pass it to whoever is next on the panel. All right. Very good. Well, then I think Terry Rarden has uh, joined us. Terry is from Newview, Oklahoma. And a lot, and a lot of you know um, about Newview, Oklahoma. So, uh, Terry? Yes. Can you all hear me okay? Yes. All right. So, I'm Terry Rarden with Newview, Oklahoma, and my my title is uh, manager of related services. And I go back and forth between our Tulsa and Oklahoma City offices, but a little bit about Newview, Oklahoma, if some of y'all don't know about us, is we are a nonprofit organization that our whole purpose is to uh, do our best to empower those living with some type of visual uh, impairment. And we cover the whole state of Oklahoma. And we do, uh, we have a low vision optometrist in both locations. We do, uh, occupational therapy, orientation mobility services, uh, assistive technology training. Uh, we have several different programs that we run, uh, throughout the year. And we also just recently started a, um, a new program about a year ago called the MOVE program, uh, which stands for More Opportunities Through Vocational Evaluation. And what it is, is working with the Department of Rehabilitation Services here in Oklahoma, 
is when they send us a client, we do a minimum of a two-month training with that individual to get them the skills that they need to either go back to school of some sort, whether it's a Botech college uh, or possibly through World Services for the Blind, um, or we uh, help them be prepared to go back into the into the workforce. So that's just a little bit uh, about what all we do here. Does anybody have any questions? Is, is Kyra still with us? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, let's see. So there's Kyra and uh, there is um, Terry. Does anybody have any questions for either one of them? New View has yeah. been around for a long time. And uh, Kyra, if you have anything, if you have anything for Kyra about the VA, uh, please. Now, do you work with the uh, people on the east side of the state? You. Uh, when you do programs, or is, are you pretty much serving the western part of the state? Are you speaking to me to this? Yeah, to you, yes. Okay. So, yes, I work with and serve our veterans that live on the eastern side of the state. So, you want to, if you're looking for like a dividing line, if you would, you can go, um, let's see, east of I-35 would probably be a good bet. Um, past east of what is that Shawnee out there or is that sorry that's Choptaw um, out there that city line so east of that city uh, line probably county line would be a good bet um, but there is never a harm if you have a veteran that you're not sure if they belong to me or not um, then you can always send them to me and I have a good working relationship with the Vista out of Oklahoma City and we'll get the veteran to uh, the right person if, if it's all right, I'd like to take some time to kind of describe to everyone on the call and who's here um, how veterans are referred to. Sure, that's, that's it's your time. Go ahead. Wonderful. Okay, so I'll start there because it's kind of a big question of if everyone here is working with someone with a visual impairment and they're a veteran and they don't know about programs that are available, well, how do you get them to me, right? So um, what we are looking for when we are working with a veteran with a visual impairment for them to be eligible for my services the first thing is they need to be receiving health care services with the VA. So if you're working with a veteran and they are not enrolled to receive health care from the VA, they may not be eligible for my services. And the reason that I say they may not be eligible is because there's always a there's always a caveat or something like that. Right. So if you're working with a veteran and they don't know who I am and they have their visual status has reached the level of legal blindness and they're not eligible um, and they haven't been seen at the VA for, for health care, then please refer them to me. What happens when a person reaches the status of legal blindness, they automatically become eligible to enroll in health care at the VA. It's a little confusing for those who aren't familiar with the VA healthcare system of does a veteran, is a veteran eligible or are they not? Um, so not all veterans are eligible for care through the VA. Um, there are some uh, income requirements, some time of service requirements, um, honorable discharge and other things like that requirements. 
Um, but instead of those who are listening to the call wondering if that is the case, you can always refer a veteran to me and then let me be the person to say, hey, yes, we'll look at that. And yes, you're eligible or unfortunately, you're not eligible at this time. It's a lot to try to keep in, in one's brain, if you would, especially when you're not dealing with it on a day to day basis. You know, how do I keep track of who's eligible and who's not? The best way to get a veteran to me to see if they are eligible for care, um, visual impairment services through the VA is just to give them my name and number. That's it. Tell them to call me, give me their information and I'll pick up the ball and take it from there. It's really my goal and my desire um, for the program, the Visual Impairment Service Team program, to be a tool in the toolbox for um, our veterans who are there living in the community, living here in Oklahoma, no matter who they're working with, right? No matter if they're working with me or they're working with NewView or they're working with OKDRS Visual Services um, or Vocational Rehab. Um, I want the VIS team to be a tool in the toolbox. So. Um, that's how you get a veteran to me and let me determine if they are eligible for services or not. Um, do you guys have you any ahead, questions? Why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and give out the phone number and then we'll see if anybody has a question. How can Wonderful. they reach you? So the best way to reach me is going to be my work mobile. And don't worry, it is my work mobile. So you guys can give this to whoever asks. Um, it's, it's all right. So that is going to be area code 918-417-2476. Okay, so I will repeat that one more time. It is 918-417-2476. If you're working with a veteran and they're like, oh, yeah, I know that Kyra lady from the VA then uh, you probably should be in contact with me, especially if you're doing any training with the veteran to make sure that they have the equipment that they need. Um, the VA's budget for devices and accessibility to devices and things like that looks a little different. So please contact me. If you're in the field and you're wanting to contact me and email is best for you, then let me give you my email address too. So my email address is going to be my first name, K-H-Y-R-A dot Childs, C-H-I-L-E-S, the number two, at VA dot gov. So that's Kyra dot Childs two at VA dot gov. Kyra, what I want to know, and you may have said it, is do you know who the counterpart is now in Oklahoma City? Yes. My counterpart in Oklahoma City is Randall May. So if you all have been in the blind rehab field for a little bit, Randall has been around. He has moved from the Rose yeah. position into the VIS coordinator's position. Very good. From my, from my understanding, they have not uh, filled that bros position. So they are without a bros currently. And the bros is the blind rehab outpatient specialist. That's the actual training arm of the VA locally. Um, so they are without a bros right now, but Randall May has moved over into the VIS position. Her, a lot, me and Kyra actually usually do a monthly phone call with each other just to go over the veterans that are uh, coming through new views doors, uh, whether it's to see our low vision optometrists or 
to uh, get CLVT training or some AT training. And, and then we work with uh, Marcy and Randall also in the Oklahoma uh, City area uh, as well uh, there. Um, and with, you know, with the new view, kind of like Kyra was talking about referring, you know, um, new view, you know, we're going to accept referrals. You know, somebody can self-refer. Uh, they can do a, a general physician can refer them. Their optometrist or their eye specialist can uh, refer over uh, to us. We've had people literally come up to our offices and ask if they can get set up uh, to get an exam done. So we can definitely um, do that as well. Um, but um, Kyra has been a, a huge help ever since she's come to Oklahoma and it's, uh, I think it's really helping our veterans to get the service that they need. Terry, this is Vicki Golightly. Um, a few months ago, I heard, and it may just be a rumor, that New View got a grant to um, give um, examine eye examinations. Is, was that a rumor or was that the truth? Um. So we have a grant in the Oklahoma City area, and this is where Renita may have to jump in. But so we have it's called the the uh, area wide aging grant, and there are four different counties in the Oklahoma City area, and I can't name them all. But I, I'll let Renita jump on here in just a second. Okay. But what what that is is we have a certain amount of money that we can do. A low vision exam. We can also do all of our services with them as well, whether it's occupational therapy, assistive technology, uh, orientation mobility, mobility services. Uh, plus, on top of that, they get a hundred dollars in um, equipment as well. Um, but I know Renita's on here, so I'll let her tell you what counties those are. Okay, so. I look like the other Terry Reardon on here, but <laughs> but um, I'm Ronita Jones and I'm the director at, at for um, Oklahoma City and Tulsa Clinic. So the Area Wide Aging Grant is actually for Canadian, Cleveland, Logan, and Oklahoma County, and the the eligibility is they have to be 60 and up, and um, the 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 calendar year that they use or the fiscal year that they use. Is it's, it starts back over on October first and goes all the way to September thirtieth. So, um, so if by chance somebody is fifty nine and they're going to be sixty in January, then what we would do is just um, put them in for an appointment for January after their birthday and get them in. So the the other thing that we can offer is um, for a lot of the people who can't drive, we can offer them a free ride to the office and back. And what we do is send a Lyft or Uber to pick them up. And and that's from any of those counties. So in, in the hundred dollars is not a, a huge amount of money, but, um, but we have other grants that sometimes we can put together to help get other things for them. So we have a, a grant from Boeing and uh, Boeing, the Boeing grants actually for veterans and uh, for any veterans who are not already eligible for services from the VA, we can assist them with getting all of the services that that we provide, ODOT, CODIS, um, AT, uh, ONM, all of that. We can provide them all of that for free as well. Plus, 
the um, Boeing grant will allow us to buy whatever devices that they need. So whether I mean we've we've purchased CCTVs, um, computers, all kinds of things for the veterans through that Boeing grant, um, and then um, we have contracts with DRS. So we have a homemaker contract with DRS, so we can provide services for people who are not interested in going back to work. And um, and DRS allows us to offer all our services to them at no charge, and then. Um, or at no charge to the client anyway. And then um, the the um, the DRS also pays for the um, the move program. So and all of our services in the move program are are the same as what we provide in our clinic, but it's it's all the move program is heavily focused on technology and the rest of it is is uh, infused throughout their program. So daily living skills, OEM, all of that is is also included, and those for the for the move pay, move students, they can come from in state or out of state. Um, it doesn't matter if they come from outside of Oklahoma City. Then we put them up in a hotel, the residency inn on Northwest Expressway, and we provide transportation back and forth to and from the hotel every day, um, as long as they're in the move program. And if they live within the Oklahoma City area, then DRS has been helping them with transportation costs to get to and from the office. This is Vicki. Just one follow-up question uh, or comment. Bernita, I did email you at one point about speaking at one of the OCB chapters, Heartland Council of the Blind. So I'll get back with you if you're interested. Absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This is Pam Holloway, and I was just wondering, you were talking about this grant money uh, for people that are are 60 and over. My question is, do they have to be legally blind to get this uh, program? No, they do not. Okay. They, so, can, come in, they can come in for just the, the low vision evaluation and... They'll do a, an OT assessment, and if they need additional services, then we provide them. And if they don't, then, then um, you know, they're, we've done what we can for them, and, and the Area-Wide Aging Grant pays for that. But if they need the whole gamut of services, then we provide all of it. Uh, with the Homemaker Program, uh, you know, we don't do that anymore in DRS, and that's why y'all are doing it, I guess. But right. um, so I guess if they came and they weren't legally blind and they weren't going to work, would they fall under the pro the uh, homemaker program or what? Yes, and and um, it, we work closely with Julie Julie Bailey, and so whenever we have someone that we think would qualify for that, we we connect them with Julie. She does her assessment with them to make sure they qualify for the homemaker program and then um she'll send us she'll send, basically she sends us a referral and and um we start the services and and they again receive all the services so uh, we can provide everything that we offer to them and there is there is a little bit of money in there for um for devices and so um we do that we do our assessment and if we feel like there's some devices they could use we recommend those to julie and and she lets us know what what they can provide and what they can't. 
So do you have very many people in the homemaker program now? We don't have very many in there right now. We have a couple that have that we've referred over to her. We have one active. And um, so, yeah, we would love to have a lot more of the homemaker people. So if you guys have people that you see that you feel like can, can benefit from that, it, it's just a, a phone call to, to us with their names or to Julie, and Julie can refer them over to us. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. Tell you what, Renita, this is Kyra again. That is just uh-huh. awesome to hear. It sounds like between Newview, Oklahoma, the VA, OKDRS mm-hmm. Visual Services, there's no reason for any person, whether their status is as a veteran or a homemaker or a person mm-hmm. who's trying to go back to work or a person right. who's just trying to take care of their home, to not be able to receive services. So funding, it sounds like funding is not the issue here. It's just right. the, let's get people in here and get them trained up and, and live it. That's it. Does anyone else from the field have questions in regards to maybe what programs are available through the VA, where we are with um, where Eastern Oklahoma is as far as our blind rehab team is concerned, who we have available or what services are still being available, still being provided during our COVID era? Well, I do. How, how long is it before your new facility is opening and, and who is on your team so far? Wonderful question. So for the Eastern Oklahoma VA Healthcare System Visual Service team, you have me. I'm a team <laughs> of one right now. Go. For right now, we are in the process of uh, recruiting and hiring a bros for the Eastern Oklahoma side um, and a second best. So our program, our team is going to expand. Um, The services that are still available include low vision clinics in Oklahoma City. We still have our inpatient programs up and going at the blind rehab centers. Now, some of them are doing it a little differently, but they're there and available. Um, As far as our new hospital is concerned, (coughs) please excuse me. We have two happenings, if you would, as far as buildings are concerned. One is the Tulsa Outpatient Clinic. Um, and that's in the city of Tulsa. That one is already built and we are operating. In fact, I have offices there and offices in the hospital in Muskogee. The second uh, building news from the VA, if you would, is that our groundbreaking for the new hospital in downtown Tulsa has happened. So that is coming. It is on the way. Um, from my understanding, we will have uh, inpatient services there, but we won't lose our hospital in Muskogee. Instead, it will become a um, long-term care facility type location. So we'll still have location in Muskogee. Uh, our hospital hospital will be available downtown and we will have our Tulsa outpatient clinic. As far as blind rehab services are concerned, we will be in the Tulsa clinic and the Muskogee, uh, the Muskogee long-term care facility once it becomes that, <laughs> um, as far as I know. Yeah, I was wondering, what is the beginning process if I get a, a person that's needing help and assistance? 
what is the beginning referral process that my organization needs to take in order to refer them to NewView? Um, so if you, so Debbie, if you have somebody that you you want to refer over to us, you know, you can send me their information. You can you can email me. I can I can give you our practice administrators uh, email address as well. And pretty much we would just need a, a name and a number so that we could contact that uh, client and get a little bit more information uh, from them. So I don't have to have any, I don't have to fill out any forms from, from MLV Foundation to you guys um, in order to get things started. You know, I could send you over a referral packet. Um, you know, I could definitely scan that and email it to you. Um, but really just to get them started, um, would just be, you know, their, a name and number, a way that we can reach out to them so that we can get the information we need to, to get them into our, uh, system. Um, so that we can get them, um, go ahead and start getting them scheduled. Um, okay. Why don't you go ahead and give her your emails? Yeah. Um, give me just a second because I think everybody at Newview has an interesting last name. So mine is T Rarida. It's T R A I R D O N at newviewoklahoma.org. My number is 918-231-1022. And that is my work cell phone. So that actually will go directly to me. May I suggest that you repeat those? Yes. Yes. So my email address again is T for Terry, Raritan, R-A- I-R-D-O-N at newviewoklahoma.org and newview Oklahoma is all spelled out. And then my direct line is 918-231-1022. And I'm going to give you practice administrator's name and email address. Her first name is Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A. Her last name is Raynard. It's R-E-Y-N-A-R-D. And her email address is M-R-E-Y-N-A-R-D at newviewoklahoma.org. Yeah, I was going to ask Kira the same thing um, because I know I have already talked to a couple of veterans and encouraged them in their, their, their... newly diagnosed blindness things. And so if I had some other information or what is the process for my organization in referring them to you as well? Wonderful question. So very similar to Newview, Oklahoma, you can send me over paperwork if you want to, but who likes that? Instead, just call me um, and the veteran can call me directly or if you have something that you want to refer, something that you need me to know about the veteran before I speak to them again, um, you can always email me too. So as far as the call, you can give this number to anyone who's interested in the program, whether they're a veteran, whether they're a caregiver of a veteran and they don't know about the program or they just have questions. That telephone number is 918 
2476. That is a number you can give freely to whomever, whenever, um, for any reason. And then if if a practitioner wants to reach me, if a pra practicing person in the field, you or anybody else uh, wants to reach me and give me some more information about the veteran, you can, of course, call that number or you can email me. And my email address is khyra dot chiles, the number two, at va.gov. Yeah. So very similar to what Terry said. I try to make it easy because I have a hard time remembering qualifications and who's eligible and who's not. And I don't think that that's something that you all should even have to put in your Rolodex. Just refer them on over to me and let me do that work for you. All right. Well, does anybody have any other questions from from any of our people that are tuned in and listening? If not, I wonder if... Um, Tracy's here. I am here. Oh, Miss Tracy has now arrived. All right. That's good. Tracy Brigham is with us now. We're glad to have her along with us. She is director of Oklahoma Services for the Blind and Visually Impaired. You give us uh, an update of what's going on at uh, your agency. Well, let me just start by saying, as I didn't get to hear anybody else that spoke, but I can probably say this um, along with everybody else in that the last 18 months or so have been unusual and um, we've had to change our services somewhat. Um, we thought we were going to get back on track a little bit. Um, we've, we have, I'll say that we have, um, at the same time, we've kind, kind of in a few ways had to take a step forward, take a step back, um, move two or three steps forward and then, you know, kind of put our hands up and say, wait, what are we doing? Um, you know, clients kind of drive what we do. And so we've had to listen to our clients and think about, you know, safety and, um, you know, really what they want us to do. And so it's it's been a very challenging time, but it's also been a very creative time for a lot of our staff. And I think that that's opened up our minds and it's opened up doors and it's opened up uh, the way that we plan and process and develop our programs. And so even though it's been difficult, I think it's also been really good for us in a lot of ways um, in that we have had to think differently. And I think that's helped us some. Um, the staff might disagree with me, but I think that um, it's made us better in a lot of ways just because, you know, you don't grow from being stagnant and doing things the same way that you've always done them. You grow from difficult times and challenging times and pushing yourself. And I think that we've all had to do that this past year and a half. So I really appreciate all the staff and what they've what they've done. And so some of the things that they've had to do differently. I mean, how do you take services that you provide with your hands um, with clients, you know, one-on-one -on -one in their homes, face-to-face, -face, and then not be able to 
to touch anybody or see anybody or be with people, you know, and you, you know, you, you have your bosses telling you to still go do that, you know, and people are looking at you like, what, what do you mean? How am I going to do that? So the staff have done a great job with continuing to do that. And, you know, one of the things that they've, they've learned to do themselves and that they've taught our clients to do is virtual services. And so, you know, that's, that's really the way that they've continued to serve. And, you know, they have been creative and it's been difficult to teach some of our clients how to do that. And the ones that have had a difficult time doing that are are usually, I don't want to put people in a box, but, you know, a lot of our older clients who we teach, you know, the independent living skills, they were not used to doing things that way. They weren't used to getting on an iPhone and pulling up FaceTime or some, you know, Skype or, you know, one of those other services and trying to navigate that and, and learning how to, um, you know, just, just use technology the way that we've had to do it the past few months. And so our staff have done a really good job of, of first teaching those skills and then, you know, allowing them to utilize it and get comfortable with it. So it's just been a learning curve and, We've had to just utilize that, but at the same time, you know, allow clients to be the driver of our services. And if if we have one client who wants to to still learn the traditional way, we provide it the traditional way. If we have one client who wants it virtually, we provide it virtually. So you know, we we've just kind of had to spread ourselves and provide services however our clients are wanting them. And so that's kind of been um, the way that the way that it's going, and it's been um, spreading us a little thin at times. But that's just that's what we're trying to do. So um, some of the things that have been happening are, and I think probably some of you have participated in in some of the other updates that we've had. But like the blooming from bl- blooming from blindness client meeting that they've been having regularly and they've been having like guest speakers. Um, one of the guest speakers that I remember them talking about um, relatively recently was um, like having the Oklahoma city fire captain um, come and speak about like weather and fire safety, you know, weather's a big deal in the spring and the fall here. So that's always, um, you know, it's, it's important to get that information out there. So having guest speakers, you know, you can do that virtually. You can do that in person. It doesn't matter. So just, you know, making sure that we have services that are pertinent to our clients to bring them, draw them into those virtual meetings, making sure that we have interesting information, making sure that we have something for everybody on there. Um, I know that they've talked about crafts. I know that they've talked about um, recreational activities. So they've done a good job of making sure that they have things that might be interesting to different people all the time. So they've just been, they've just been great about, about being creative in that way. So um, let's see here. In April and also in June, our AT staff did training um, for our statewide employment and support services vendors. So they, the, that group of people are hired through OU. It's a contract through OU. And um, 
we had done this training for that group um, a couple of years ago, I think. And it was such a hit that they asked us to do it again. And to be honest, they would have us do it really, really frequently if we could spare the time. Um, our AT staff are great and we get, I get specifically requested for them to do trainings like that pretty frequently. Um, we can't really spare them to do that, but they, they really do a great job. And it's kind of unfortunate that we haven't been able to do hands on because that was one of the mo- most requested. Um, they provided, you know, the AT equipment and it was the reason that this training was so important was you know i don't i don't know if everybody on here i I think probably people everybody here probably does know um employment support is let me see i'm trying to trying to choose my words wisely here um supported employment so those are the people that go out and do the job coaching with um usually traditionally it hasn't been with our blind clients. And the reason it hasn't been with our blind clients is because there is a little bit of fear. And it's usually just because of the unknown. And people don't really know how to um, put blind people to work, I guess. Um, that's that's what we hear anyway. So uh, we decided that the job coaches needed trained. And so that's kind of where this was born out of. And so what our AT staff specifically did was they took the, you know, the equipment and everything and they, because people like to see stuff. They like to see these magical stuff that helps blind people live day to day and help blind people work. And so that was a big hit in the first training. And so it kind of just developed from there and it was really, really successful. And they were amazed that blind people could um, do all the things that they could do. And so it's been really, really helpful in helping to grow um, that piece of our program because, you know, supported employment, it's for anybody with a disability, but it hasn't been utilized in the blindness world so much in our agency. So that's been a great addition. And, you know, we're just really hopeful that that will help get, you know, more of our clients employed. Um, we are, as an agency, working on our administrative rules. Um, that's, we do that every year. It's not fun. It's not an exciting piece, but just to let you know that that is in the process. Um, we're toward the end of our cycle, October. We will have the um, public comments. Those will be coming up in usually February-ish. So be looking out for those. Um, We usually don't have a big showing for that, but if anybody has any interest in making comments, just be looking out for that. Business services, we have some news. Satosh Floyd retired. I know everybody knows her. Um, Let's see, when did she retire? July, at the end of July. She's been on a long vacation since then. Yasmin Avila is the person who has taken her place. So she is the new business services coordinator. Um, they have still, they've just kept rolling. Some of the new business partner connections that they have made recently are Amazon in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. 
United Health, uh, Mercy Hospital. Um, they have added a couple of new programs recently. Um, one of them is live streaming some client trainings. Those are on Facebook and YouTube. So um, they've been taping those trainings and then clients can find them on those two platforms. Um, we've also started a computer lending program. So if a client comes to us and they are absolutely like job ready when they come to us pretty much, maybe just need a couple of things. Um, we have laptops ready to go. And so um, they started that program for us. They'll help them get, they'll help them just go. Um, our library, um, Oklahoma Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. Um, one of the exciting things that happened is they have a new book on NLS, and that does not happen often, but it seems to happen relatively often for our library because we have an awesome library and we have an awesome studio. So um, the book that was most recently reported was The Burning, Massacre, Destruction, and the Tulsa Race Riot of 1921. And it's important because the NLS is very, very, very picky. And they don't just allow any book to be recorded. And they were going to record that book. And when they found out that our library have already had it recorded, they listened to it. And it was technically so good that they just took our recording and added it to their collection. So that's really exciting news. Um, we have a very, very short wait on getting cartridges for patrons out now. During the pandemic, we had a little bit of a longer wait. And the reason for that was um, we were trying to be super, super careful about when somebody would turn the cartridges back in. We would um, kind of put the cartridges in quarantine. We would clean them. We would make sure they were uh, very um, sanitized. We would set them aside. We would let them sit before we would ever send them out again if somebody ordered them. So there was a period of days we wanted to make sure that people were very safe. So it was during that time, we didn't know whether or not something could be transmitted off of plastic. So um, now we don't have that weight so much. So um, there's not the weight that we had previously. So the turnaround time is much faster. Um, in regards to the library, also, let me tell you a couple of numbers here. Um, right now, our library in this um year we have currently audiobook circulation 57,818 audiobooks circulated to date um, schools served I mean students served sorry students served pre-k through 12 121 and let's see let's move on to the real quickly the business enterprise program um, we've had huge effects, as you can imagine, uh, from the pandemic on the business enterprise program because the people, of course, they have vending programs. So they've been highly affected, um, their businesses specifically. And so um, we've just been trying to help them in any way we can shuffle. Um, it, it's just been difficult. Their businesses have been affected financially. So um, we have had some who have retired because of it. Um, we have had to combine some of their facilities, uh, move some machines around. So just trying to look at all solutions that we can to help out. Um, we are, we do have 
some new clients that are waiting to get into the BEV program. So we will be doing assessments and training on them. And the good news is that we have made some new hires for the BEP program. That's, so that's super, super, super exciting. We haven't made those announcements yet um, publicly, but we do have a few. So that's very exciting. And you guys will be hearing about that soon. So that was a lot of words in a short time. And I will take questions if anybody has Well, you're, you're, you're done good. As they say. I'll take a breath. All right. Yeah, you can stop. Anybody have any questions for uh, Tracy? You really did cover everything uh, very well, I think. Well, thank you, Tracy, so much for your for getting there. I, we do have one more person on this panel. I'm very happy to have her with us. I know she's here, Natalie Rohr. Now, this is a program that you might not be too much aware of. Um, this is uh, she is director of the lending Oklahoma assistive technology program. And so it says the Technis technology foundation. That's I got it wrong there. Okay, Natalie, come on, tell us about what this is all about. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you for letting me join in with you guys today. As he mentioned, I'm Natalie Rohr and I'm with the Oklahoma assistive technology foundation. That's kind of a mouthful. So we just call it OCAT. Um, and I'm the director of lending there. And OCAT is a nonprofit organization, and we work in partnership with Oklahoma Able Tech, the state's Assistive Technology Act program, and Bank First of Stillwater to provide a financial loan program for Oklahomans with disabilities to obtain needed assistive technology and durable medical equipment. Um, some of the examples of items that we finance include, obviously, vision, hearing, and communication devices, mobility devices, daily living aids dentures, lift chairs, home modifications for accessibility, um, modified vehicles, and then smart home technology as well. Some of the examples of loans that we have done for vision equipment includes computers with accessibility software, um, OrCam MyiPro. We've done some of those recently. Um, I'm working on an application for a Braille Note Touch Plus right now. You know, And other examples could include items such as you know, a handheld or tabletop magnifier, iPad, tablet, glasses, anything. Um, we'll, we'll do any type of assistive technology. We have uh, several loan products. All of our loans are a 5% interest rate loan. Um, we're pretty flexible in terms of credit and lending criteria. Our general terms are we can have repayment up to a term of 60 months, depending on the AT that's purchased. Um, we want to try and match up the both the, the useful life of the assistive technology and both taking into consideration the, the applicant's budget as well. Um, we have no minimum loan amount and no minimum or maximum income requirements for the program. You can use the program for the full purchase of the equipment or just partial, or we can also do a copay. Our general credit criteria for approval is a credit score of 500 or better. But I also want to note that if someone doesn't have a credit score because they haven't used credit in the recent years, that's not a problem. We'll still certainly consider their application. Um, when we get the credit report, we review the credit report with the applicant and let them know their credit score and any issues that are on the credit report. 
Um, in our underwriting, we do not um, take into account medical collections. Those are just automatically disregarded. Um, we are looking for other credit to be either handled as agreed or in the process of resolution. So if we get an applicant that potentially has some credit issues, we'll review those with them and see if they can potentially um, either resolve them or put them on some type of repayment program. Our other criteria is debt to income of 50% or less. Um, in general, that's looking at your comparison of your housing and your obligated debt like revolving credit card debt or installment loans compared with what your income is. Um, and then we also look at their monthly budget to just do an overall evaluation if they have the capacity um, to repay the loan. Um, we have a board of directors that meets every Wednesday to review our applications. And if the loan is approved, um, we'll prepare uh, loan documents once we have a final invoice for the assistive technology. Um, and those will either be mailed or emailed to the uh, applicant. And we do require a verification of income and then a copy of their ID. Once they mail those documents back to me, we'll purchase the assistive technology and we pay the vendor directly. Loan repayment can be set up kind of at their choosing of when it works for them and their budget during the month. And they can either pay by check or auto draft. Um, if a loan is denied, we try to provide um, guidance in terms of what it would take to become loan ready, or we're always happy to look at an application with a co-applicant. Um, in addition to kind of our basic AT loan, we also have a micro loan. This is a loan of $2,000 or less. Um, again, it's the same 5% interest rate, but that loan can be repaid over uh, 36 months. Um, that product has a little bit of additional credit um, criteria flexibility. Um, and again, it's a 36-month term repayment. So, for example, if somebody wants to borrow $1,000 for a piece of equipment, the payment is about $30 a month for a 36-month loan. And then the last loan product that we offer is a home modification for accessibility. Um, if somebody wants to do you know, a ramp, bathroom modifications for accessibility. Um, we have a loan product that um, up to 10000 that we can do for that uh, for a maximum term of seven years, depending on what the improvement has made. Um, if they want a loan over 10000 we can do up to 25000 through our partner bank at Bank First. So um, it, our application process, um, they can apply at OCAT's website. And that's www.okatfoundation.org, where they can go to Oklahoma Able Tech's website at www.okatabletech.org. And we have an online application that can be completed there, where they're always welcome to call me at 405-744-4254. Or I can, and I can email them an application, I can mail an application, or I'm happy to complete an application over the phone. So, and again, this this uh, product is a uh, part of the core products at Oklahoma Able Tech, the core programs. It's done in partnership. Um, the others are the obviously the assistive technology device demonstrations, short term loans, and device reutilization. So if you have somebody that's looking to purchase AT, AbleTech may have the equipment if they want to do a uh, demonstration or a short-term device loan to see if it meets their need before they actually make the commitment to make the purchase. 
All right. That's very interesting. And it sounds like um, you're really wanting to work with people and you're being very flexible. I wonder if anybody has any uh, questions for Natalie uh, regarding this loan program before I ask my question. Okay. Well, I, I was just thinking in terms of you could really um, – what did you say about income requirements, uh, Natalie? There's no minimum or maximum income requirement. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and you could uh, use that short-term loan for buying something less than $1,000 or, or less than even that, huh? Oh, sure. I mean, we if, can do... If you needed any, help. Yeah, if, if you had a, something you wanted to purchase for $100, $250, yeah. Yeah, I was that, thinking that. something like a Victor Stream or something, or somebody just didn't have the money to buy uh, a Victor that cost maybe 400 bucks. Yeah, you bet. Uh, that, that's what that microloan is, program is for, is to be able to provide for, the loan mm-hmm. at that level. You bet. Yeah. Now, how does a loan program work from AbleTech? Uh, like if we wanted to try something temporarily uh, to see how it works, how do we, how do, we do that? Uh, we can. Would, well, I guess we can go to the website. But. Yeah, you would go to the AbleTech website, and on the device short-term loan program, you would fill out the sign-up, register, and fill out the application, and look for the device that you're you're wanting to try out. And how long can you keep it? Usually, general, generally, generally, generally up to six weeks. Well, that's more than enough time to figure out if you want it or not. If it works for you, does anybody have any other questions of Natalie or any yes. other people? Um, so the the program is geared more for those people who probably do not have an open case with DRS or NewView. They're kind of on their own. They may need to upgrade equipment, but um, because they are, it's not covered covered under tax dollars. Um, like what you would get with um, with DRS, so it's it's more geared for those people who are who probably already been through some training and are just needing to update equipment or whatever they need. Instead of having a twenty year old CCTV, they want some new document reader, right? That they can't necessarily afford to purchase because, of course, they're on limited income. Um, so that's where you really you really come into play with that, correct? That's correct. Okay. Right. Thank you. Maybe answer that a little bit too. This is Tracy again. Um, also, sometimes we have clients who come to us who, who may want something that we just can't do as well. Like we, we provide, you know, basic services to get somebody independent and employed, but that doesn't mean that that's all that that person wants, but you know, they might want something additional. So, you know, we, we might get, say, a student what they need to be able to go to school, but they might want something super fancy or, you know, something that they can uh, play with or something that they can uh, do something different with, but it's not necessary per se for them to um, be able to go to the classroom and take classes or to be able to go to work and do their job. doesn't mean that they don't want it. So this might offer them, um, you know, that opportunity to have something additional. Okay. Well, I think we've answered all the questions that people have. And I really 
on behalf of all of us at OCB, we want to thank our panelists for being with us this afternoon and uh, sharing with us the lending program and all the other things that are happening, uh, the VA and New View and the state services. Um, we will have these um, phone numbers and uh, email addresses available if any of you will need them.